Welcome in to the best in paranormal programming. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Got a good show coming up today, folks. We're going to get into some stuff today that, uh, let's just say there's fringe and then there's where we're going today. We're going today uh, to a place where I don't go very often, which I'm looking forward to. I'm excited. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, an NDE. We're going to talk about some crystals and some healing products. We're also going to talk about, and I know when I say that, you may roll your eyes. Don't. Don't do it because uh, I'm interested in this today as well. We're also going to talk about some other theories, some some, some different theories there on, on the paranormal with our guest, Raffaele Antonio Castaldo. You will know him as Ra Castaldo. First of all, he had a very rare birth. So we're going to talk about that today. He was born still inside the call or the amniotic sac. He is a born intuitive artist, mystic, world-renowned researcher, and all-around Renaissance man from a lineage with deep hereditary ancestral history going back hundreds of years in the Mediterranean that is connected to preserving the stellar mysteries. Already, I'm telling you, we're getting deep today. In August of 1987, at nine years old, he had a near-death experience, which seemed to amplify his already natural-born hypersensitivity in a whole new way, opening him up to harmer frequencies and vibrations. Very interesting, huh? That he could not understand at first. He's an artist, musician, author, world-renowned researcher, and even creates his own copper healing products. Again, I want to get into this and find out more. Ra is also a dedicated father, martial arts coach, and even a remote viewer, we'll get into that as well, who has so much more to share. His website, themysticalspiralstore.com, features his copper healing products and crystals. You can also visit themysticalspiralstore.com and patreon.com, themysticalsp. We'll have the links in the description of this program, where he does his Quasar Network remote viewing platform and shares his exclusive research and experiments raw also hosts his own talk show each week on the truth frequency radio network on saturday nights from 7 to 9 p.m eastern time we'll have the link in the description of this program ladies and gentlemen let's welcome in to darkness radio Ra castaldo Ra, how you doing Tim, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it How's thank it you thank you for so much for being here Ra. first of all i gotta tell people okay i i work very hard every week to search out guests for this program. My friend, you freak me the fuck out. And I'm going to use a swear word here right away. I'm, I'm searching for a guest for this week. And all of a sudden you pop up in my messenger and just say, I'm the guest you need for this week. I'm like, come on, dude. All right. First of all, anybody who pops up in my messenger and says, I'm the guest you need for this week. I go, yeah, okay, whatever. Sure. And I move on. Right. Because to me, that's a, that's a little hokey. I, I, I'm just between friends here. I'm just I'm just saying it's a little hokey. Then you start throwing me the links and you start throwing me the information. And I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll go down the rabbit hole. I'll take a look here. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This this guy might have something here. OK, yeah, yeah. OK, I want to know more. I want to know more. So I go down the rabbit hole and I start looking at your stuff. And I go, all right, all right, we got something here. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. So, Ra, let's talk. Because it yeah, looks here like, it. like you got some stuff here, my friend. It, it looks here like you haven't had an easy life, first of all. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's start. I, I, think, I think that's what, what comes with um, discovery. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people have to go through pain and trauma to find out who they are. You know? When, if you don't get tested, you really don't truly know your limits 
and find out who you are and, and what you what you're capable of in life you know and uh unfortunately a lot of times people um through certain dramas and and things they go through in life they they end up finding out who they are and 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 the 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 limits they can go to and, and how powerful of uh, a per- person they are and and that ultimately if you push through that you know the universe rewards you you know the yeah. universe, universe sees the battles you go through you get god universe however you want to look at it and uh you will come out the other side let me ask you straight out like, you what know? what do you believe it is do you believe it's god the universe you tell me what is it that you've I think, met up with? i think i look at the universe like the brain of god basically like i don't look at god like some dude sitting in the clouds mm-hmm. like that you know in reality i look at god like the universe like you know we have neurons and dendrites and all this stuff going on in our brain uh, you can look at that as like the plasma moving around from stars and comets shooting around. All the information that's being sent around the universe is sort of the brain of God. Right? It's it's right. the sounds of the universe are connected to the very spinal currents and the energies of our body. Right, and and wow. it's that's right. the that's the very brain of God, you know. And and we're connected. Mm-hmm. We're connected to the 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 network of of you know energies then where everything if you look at if you look into plasma astrophysics right and i have basically a background like a senior undergraduate level of of plasma physics okay and i've also spent many many years researching mythologies mm-hmm. and ancient histories and religions biblical biblical archaeology and you'll start to see that the universe is is explained in ancient writings in a very spiritual way Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but it's science and spirituality is one in the same it's entwined together and that's the problems that we have nowadays is that we're keeping it completely separate we're actually letting technology replace our skills so we can just lean back and watch right but in in reality we're supposed to be harnessing cosmic and solar energies so we can evolve with the universe harmoniously Right. And that's not woo woo or new age. That's as ancient as it can be. Right. And instead, we're we're not using natural elements to harness cosmic and solar energies to evolve with the universe. We're instead building objects to replace our tech to to take over our technology. Right. So and, and that's evolving instead of us, instead of us evolving as technology ourselves with the universe, we have made technology to evolve instead of us. So right, it's evolving why, on its own. Why the disconnect? Why why are we in the modern world disconnecting from what should be natural, that natural connection to the cosmos? And why are we trying to take over? Why has man got the ego to take over for ourselves and trying to drive this thing ourselves? Well, I think ultimately, um, not just from my personal experiences, things I've pulled in in life, but also from my research, thousands and thousands of years ago on this planet, at one time, there were races that were living harmoniously on the planet the oldest records that we have of ancient intelligence on this planet that we can prove i Mm -hmm. mean because people talk about lemuria atlantis all this stuff yeah but is ancient vedic sanskrit vedic okay this is originally probably ancient india but it's spread out right so the oldest we have is vedic ancient the holy vedas is the ancient oldest that we have right so the oldest clans are basically called the asura and the deva clans 
which okay. are solar dynasty kings that were much larger inside. And nowadays people use words like Nephilim and things like that. Yeah. But that's a Hebrew biblical way of looking at things. Sure. Much older, these bloodlines are stem from Vedic, actually. Okay. Like any uh, anything that you see, ancient Egyptian, Persian, Assyrian, the Hittites, the Mittites, the Mitanni, all those ancient cultures that emerged in the ancient Near East and all those all those cultures there, they all stem from Vedic, actually. Ancient oh. Aryan Sanskrit Vedic. And what happened was these Asura Deva clans, they had a war over how they were harnessing the solar and cosmic energies. Because some of them wanted to use that energies to rule like gods on the planet. Okay. With used the greed and materialism. Mm-hmm. Use that power for greed and materialism. And some some were using that power to, to harness that energy to evolve harmoniously. There was a war over that knowledge. Those Asura Deva clans. And for people that want to fo- follow it, Asura is A-S-U-R-A. And Deva is D-E-V-A. These bloodlines is where you see the Ahura Mazdas of the Persians. The Assyrians is Asura. Even okay. the word Osiris. You get from Asar, Asura, ah, right? Right. Right. This is this is where they all come from, right? They all come from that. Even the Mitanni from the ancient Near East, they were like these giant, huge, Mad Max like chariot warriors. Like they do right. They were these huge dude. They they wrote in almost pure Sanskrit. Okay. And 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 Sanskrit is said to be the cosmic universal language. There's a reason why they call Sanskrit the language of the gods, right? Mm-hmm. Because the very sound of Sanskrit is per, is said to be developed off the sound of Shiva's cosmic drum, which ultimately is the sun. Hmm. And in plasma astrophysics, right, um, they talk, and, and when you look at the sun, it looks like the face of a drum, right? Yeah. And it keeps the time of the solar year, Right, it keeps the beat of the universe. It's ultimately the sun is the ultimate judge of our solar system. You cannot, nothing escapes the sun. It's it's force. It's it's the ultimate judge of the solar system. It, it literally is. And in plasma astrophysics, uh, which is how you should be looking. Which these are solar deities. These bloodlines, they're solar dynasties. Okay. So they literally have the knowledge of the sun. Right. Right. So in plasma astrophysics, the sun is actually not the way we look at it. The old way is archaic. It's not actually a hydrogen gas sphere. It's actually so hot, it's mostly plasma, which is the fourth state of matter. Plasma is everywhere, Tim. It's 99.99% of the mass of the universe. It's the fourth state of matter. So the our sun is actually not a, plasma, uh, a hydrogen gas sphere. It's a plasma sphere or a plasma star. And a plasma star is energized at its surface mm-hmm. and externally powered. Just like a drum. Think about a drum. Okay. It's energized at its surface mm-hmm. and it's externally powered. It's Shiva's cosmic drum. And the very sound of Sanskrit was developed off of the sounds of the universe. When you, when you, the solar wind that comes from the sun, it yeah. shapes the magnetosphere that we have around our planet, which is all plasma. Mm-hmm. And electrons that get stuck from the magnetic field lines coming from the sun, they get stuck in the magnetic field and they sing like chirping birds and they have electron waves that go out electron it's like an electron driven chorus and these sounds that sound just like the hoopoe bird the woodpecker and various other birds that are all over mythology and this is a, a communication they're plasma waves it's it's literally space is literally 
vast streams of plasma mm-hmm. that are flow like rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Between galaxies, between clusters of galaxies, between stars within the galaxies, and they're the lifeblood of the universe. Plasma is the lifeblood of the universe. It powers everything and it's everywhere. And all suns and stars emit plasma. So when you see in these ancient writings, they're talking about the souls entering into the rivers of the dead. They're talking about the plasma waters, right? Mm-hmm. Soul mm-hmm. leaving into the plasma waters and all these, these trout. It's, I mean, it's a very poetic way of describing it. See, nowadays we keep science and spirituality completely separate. Yes. But yeah. in the ancient writings, they're entwined together. They're one in the same. They're talking about them in a very spiritual way. So I started to, you know, realize that, Many of the things I were experiencing were waves of energy, you know, because at a young age, I, I had various experiences that I couldn't understand. And I ran from it as a teenager and I had a very, very troubled, you know, 10 years from like 13 to my early 20s. You know, I had a very, a very rough time and I started to, you know, you know, I had to I had to let I had to have a battle between light and dark basically within me to understand what what I was experiencing. Yes. And yeah. ultimately, you know, I uh I came out the other side and was able to help other people and start to create things to help people connect to their higher self as well. Because I started to understand that the secrets of the nature and the universe are already written in front of us. I'm really not discovering anything. I'm 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 giving you guys um the way to look at things through from a spiritual initiate or adept because that's what I really believe happened to me when I had my near-death experience when I was a kid. It was sort of like dying and coming back and being spiritually initiated. And it took me about 30 years to understand what I activated during that experience. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about your NDE and how exactly it connected you. It doesn't sound like, you know, when and we'll save this for after the break, but it doesn't sound like you had the typical Christian NDE. And I want you to hold on to that. Because we're not going to go, we're not going to go into that quite yet. Uh, but I do want to go in this direction. That's this, Ra. Um, I hope I didn't go too deep, too quick. No, 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 no. I mean, we did go into right. the deep end of the pool, right. but I think I think we didn't lose people, and I know you didn't lose right. me. I'm, I'm trying to break it down in a way that people can actually right. grasp it. And, and yeah, because when you mentioned the word plasma, I mean, people think of two things. I think they think of plasma TV screens. They think of the plasma blood, blood. Right. Well, well, I'm talking about light. It's right. the fourth state of matter. There's various forms of light. Plasma, all suns and stars emit plasma. So when you see a nebula, right, mm-hmm. that could be 40,000 million light years of plasma. Okay. Right? So when you when you hear even in ancient Egypt, they talk about the boat of millions of years. Mm-hmm. They're literally talking about a, a boat of plasma, a river of plasma. You know, it's hmm. millions of light years on a galactic scale. Plasma... Okay, right. Uh, they have like the boats of millions of years, the solar barge, all that stuff you hear in ancient Egypt, right? Yes. On the galactic scale where the intergalactic plasma streams are literally span distances that are measured in millions of light years, right? So their cycle times are measured in millions of years per cycle. So literally on a galactic scale, you're measuring plasma by millions of light years. It is a boat of millions of years. It literally is. Right. And so when you look at in the temple of Sekhmet in, in ancient Egypt, it's called the temple of millions of years. 
And they have literally Sekhmet standing there with a coronal mass ejection loop, the Ankh, which we'll get into later. Sure. Right. And and the the solar, the, the, the sun over her head with a snake, you know, the Uraeus, that's literally the snake moves like plasma waves, you ah, know, from the sun. Okay. So people are, are misinterpreting it for many, many years. Scholars are misinterpreting because you can't. Tim, you can't interpret these ancient writings through academics and scholars alone because they were never intended for academics. They were intended for spiritual initiates and adepts. Hmm. All right. Well, that's well, that's what these ancient symbols, they, these temples, they had to be, they weren't, most of them weren't uncovered to the 1800s. We were never spent to be there. We were never supposed to see any of it. Interesting. Right? They're not meant for modern average man. They're meant for spiritual priests solar dynasty priests spiritual initiates you know so we, there's no way through academics they can truly understand what they're veiling poetically metaphorically and spiritually within their codes and symbols right? will, you have to you have to tap into that knowledge of being a spiritual initiate or adept and i think that's what was in somewhere embedded within my genetic memory right in my past okay you know uh, I tell you what, maybe we'll take our break early and we'll come back. When we come back, we had Timothy Hogan on last week. And we talked about some of the stargates within the temples, or not temples, in, in the pyramids of some of these uh, um, rulers of Egypt. That that there yeah. are, like the seven gates or the stargates. Well, it's quite possible. Do you know that when you have also granite structures, right? Mm -hmm. Granite is highly concentrated with quartz crystal. And magnetite, which magnetite creates its own magnetic field in itself. Mm -hmm. And it's, mag you know, right? So quartz crystal also, when you have a, a, a dolmen or, or something like that, it works like when quartz is squeezed. Like if I shut the light right now and I get quartz crystal and I rub them together, you'll mm -hmm. see cold light plasma come out of it. Okay. You'll literally see sparks, right? When you squeeze quartz, which is inside red granite, you'll get cold light plasma open up. It's like a doorway of light. It literally is like a doorway of light. And that's information. That's information in there. When plasma comes from the sun, it's incredible amounts of information that bring creation, destruction, evolution, and all sorts of things, right? It's not just random stuff flowing around. It's direct information that's being sent on magnetic field lines of electrons spiraling. Right. It's, so it's technology of God. What are we supposed Literally to is. do with that then as as regular human beings? Well, I think that we there's a way to connect to that information to, to the light. And it connects literally to the spinal currents of our 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 energy points of our body. Right. Okay. We connect to the divine light that's that's coming down from the sun in all different ways. We are, are existing on a harmonic energy grid. I, I don't I'm not saying I have the answers, but I know from just my experience exists sound. And harmonics is how life and, and, and everything moves throughout the universe. It moves through sound and waves, right? Okay. So, yeah, like, yeah. we, I, I truly believe that we can have something that exists within our same space that we're sitting in right now, but at a different harmonic resonant frequency, right? We have octaves of, of frequency. Like, we're at when we're at an eight hertz level, we're at like a shamanic meditative state, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that's that's divisible by that eight is is mathematically fits into like seventy two hertz, four thirty two hertz, one forty four. These are all very special numbers that you see in all the ancient writings, right? Even in 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 uh, in ancient India, they talk about one day of Brahma 
is 432 billion years. That's one day of Brahma. And one night of Brahma is what 432 billion years. Jeez. Right? So these, these are just incredible time scales that were involved in the ancient Hindus that is not just they're pulling these numbers randomly out of the ether. Like this is real knowledge that are encoded within in sacred symbols and 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 in codes. And and it's about harmonics. We there's a there was an author from New Zealand, Bruce Cathy. He did a lot of stuff on harmonics as well. If people want to look into and and uh, harmonics, now I'm not saying all his stuff is true. There's certain things that I don't agree with, but we for sure all exist within different light spectrums and different forms of harmonics and sound and energy. Well, and there's a lot to sound. I mean, if if we just you know quickly talk about sound you talk about sound resonating within every human and every animal for that matter Everything. and and being able to and, and you talk about how sound can be used negatively as well as positively um, yeah i mean look humans. at where we should be actually at a 432 hertz one with music and things like this but they have it at 440 which makes people depressed and angry yes. and upset yeah. and then you go to shop right or or the, the the local grocery store and they're blasting the music and at four and people are pissed off at the prices and this and that and you know, it's it's this we're designed to be angry and agitated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah. You know, yeah. Tim, in all honesty, uh, in the 1970s, there was a frequency war unleashed on this planet that started with Project Woodpecker and the Russians. I mean, probably the Germans did it beforehand and people before did it as well. But there's Project Woodpecker, right? Woodpecker is where they were. Uh, I mean, basically, you could go to like the old radio shack and buy a crystal oscillator and beam a harmonic resonant or um uh, elf extremely low frequency waves mm -hmm. you can you could literally beam them from uh on late like ley lines on on lines of energy uh from crystal oscillators from uh, elf waves so what they were doing with project wood woodpeckers they were beaming extremely low frequency waves on a grid across the planet and some of it went right through the hudson valley here in new york in the 1970s early 1970s i think it was oh i know exactly when it was because they did it check this out they released this on july 4th 1976 oh wow 200 years by 200 years after yeah. our you know bicentennial yep. yeah yep 200 years uh july 4th 1976 they started project woodpecker from if i remember correctly when they were beaming elf ways and dr Pulharich and Draj Pulharich, people might know him from uh he built uh these copper faraday cages and were putting mystics in him uh, at, at one time and he also like brought yuri geller to america and all that stuff yep. but yep. uh dr Pulharich, he was did a, a test and actually de detected those ELF waves being beamed down into the lower Hudson Valley of New York, which is said to be one of the so-called ley lines or energetic lines that yep. run through our planet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We've discussed ley lines. It, it's been a while since we've discussed them, but we discussed them here on the show uh, quite a few years ago. Um, and specifically around Disney, um, which there's, there's a few. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, Ra, let's take our break. When we come back, I want to rewind a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about uh, how things started with you. I want to talk about the NDE, and then I want to get into how you started to connect the dots with the universe and how you started to download some of this information. And and then I want to talk about your 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 that dark period when you were growing up and how you started to figure some of this stuff out. Because it is 
intriguing. I mean, when when most people have an NDE, and, and I want to get into the how you started to discover this stuff versus when most people have an NDE in the Christian side of things, because it seems like the majority of people who have an NDE, they come at it from the light tunnel, relatives, all that other stuff. You had a different experience. So we're going to talk yeah. about that when we come back. Our guest sort of some some of it has that that some that light, but a little bit different, yeah, a little bit different. So we'll we'll get into yeah. that when we come back. Our guest is Rock Astaldo. Uh, again, we've got links in the description of this program, themysticalspiralstore.com, among others. I want you to check it out during the break. When we come back more with Rock Astaldo, his NDE, and why it was different than others. You're listening to the best in paranormal programming. This is Darkness Radio. Welcome back to the best in paranormal programming. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Our guest is Ra Castaldo, and we are talking about all things in the universe. And, and we're, we're kind of weaving this uh, delicate and complex tapestry. But in this section of the program, we're going to get into how this all happened. And, and we're going to start with uh, the delicate near-death experience that Ra had when he was just nine years old. We'll, we'll start at that fateful day, Ra. What happened that day that put you into that state? Yeah, well, I actually think I actually had a near-death experience when I was born really? as well. Let's go back yeah, to that so then. Let's, let's, let's my, see what happened. Yeah, so my mother, uh, she had two, I have two siblings that were born in the 60s. Okay. Right, so I was born in the late 70s, 1978. I came 10, 12 years later. Right. So my mom was having a lot of problems having kids. She was trying to have me in 1970. So she couldn't have me for many, many years. Okay. And um, then she, she, uh, she got pregnant out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it was a hard birth. And I was actually born um, in still inside the call, which is being born still inside the amniotic sac with a nuchal cord or umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. Yikes. So I was... Uh, if you guys see what a call is spelled C-A-U-L, the call, it's when a baby sometimes comes with it just on their head and face, but it's actually sometimes comes fully in the sack. Like my mother's water never broke. Oh my gosh. Never broke. Right. And uh, I was born still in the sack with the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck inside. Oh. So in ancient Italian mysticism, this is actually looked at as uh, a, a mark of being a seer. And it's held in high regard in many, many cultures in the Mediterranean all over the world. They actually call it a call bearer or being born behind the veil okay. or being born in a mermaid birth. It's looked at as sometimes an omen or or, 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 or a mark of, a, or, you know, a, a whatever. But a lot of people that are born this way experience a lot of hypersensitivities to things, especially as a child mm -hmm. and vibrations, sounds, um uh, fabrics, uh, a lot of things, very hypersensitive to different, different, different things, you know, a lot of energies around. And that's how I was. And, you know, just being as, uh, you know, that, that was a struggle for birth. Like I nearly almost died at birth. Like they had to, you know, you know, it was, it was, a, and I think it's like one in 100,000 babies are born that way. Wow. And it, it's funny because that Dr. Plaharich, he, he was like best friends with the guy who delivered me, my mom's Dr. Levinson 
in Mount Vernon, New York. He was an army intelligence officer for like 25 years and a physician in the army. Then he went into a private practice and he happens to be my doctor. So that's kind of weird too. Yeah. And it's so, yeah. you know, yeah, he was, his name was Dr. Uh, Levinson in Mount Vernon, New York. He was like into army intelligence for many, many years. And then, you know, he was a, uh, like really good friends with uh, Dr. Andraj Pulharich, who worked lived in Westchester in the 1970s and 60s. And uh, they were both Army intelligence and they both were physicians for the Army and both lived in Westchester County at the time. So they they ended up being colleagues and things. So I, I found that very interesting. Not that it has anything to do with it, but it's, but it's kind crazy. of interesting. Yeah, crazy happens. Now, there's an interesting book written about call bearers, Tim. Uh, it's by the Professor Carlo Ginsberg. It's called Night Battles. Okay. And it talks about the ancestral because they say people born this uh, this way on certain nights of the year, like the solstice or the equinox, they tend to fall into deep sleeps and travel into the the, the astral realms and things. And there should there's like a, a battle between light and dark going on. Have you ever consciously felt yourself do that? Go into those realms? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. My whole life I've been when we dream. We are completely going into the spiritual realms, into the the other other realm. Like when you, the dreams that you remembered, Tim, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. are dreams most likely that they were so vivid, so alive, so intense that you woke you up from the dream and you retained a few seconds right before you woke up, right? Yes. Although I had, you're going to think this is odd. I've told this on the show before. Maybe you won't think it's odd. Um, I had a few years where every night I was fighting something either otherworldly or I was getting my butt kicked in a ring or I was getting every night I was getting destroyed. And it was right before I suffered a death or, or a severe beating to the point where I was almost dead that I would wake up. And then it's almost like you were going through a project programming with that. Yeah. Yeah, like I was, I was being tested night after night after night after night. Yeah, and yeah, like they were trying to pull something out of you through trauma. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And then, and then finally, one night I got thrown off a tall building and I landed, and I was laying there, but I, I wasn't wow. dead yet. But I felt myself. You landed. I landed. That's the thing. People say, no, if you land and you're about to die or you die in your dream, you're dead. Well, I felt myself slipping away. And as I was slipping away, boom, I woke up and I just wow. knew I can't die here. I, I just, I knew at that point it felt very lucid. And I just went, I know I can't die here. And I woke up. And, and, but that environment that you were in, in the dream was more alive and more real than this environment that you woke up in. Right. Yep. That's what I'm saying. That is the real reality. And if you look at the aboriginals of Australia and different places, they look at the, the dream realm as the real reality and at this realm as the illusion. This realm is the illusion. This physical reality, in my opinion, our true free will and cre is our creativity and is in our mind, right? And is our, it's, it's our collective consciousness that we're connected to. All, all that collective, that's where our free will exists because everything else is the illusion of free will. Like Tim, you, you think you want, you go to the grocery store or you go to the movies. You think you're really choosing what you want to watch. No, you're choosing from someone else's selection, someone else's programming, someone else's limited few that you're choosing from. You're not, is that really what you would have chose if you had your own? choice to have what to watch you know the same thing if you go to the grocery store it's someone else's choices that you're choosing from that's the illusion of free will true right? yeah if you want to look at that way sure sure 
It's the illusion. This, that's what this realm is about. It's it's about the illusion of free will and greed and materialism. But in our minds is where we truly have free will and we can explore creativity and where we can tap in to the collective consciousness, you know, to, to, to our origins, the, which is the stars, plasma. You know, this world will get destroyed and a new one will form and it will be made out of the elements that we existed in in a prior world. Like we're made out of what once existed. Right, all that information stays; mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. get destroyed. So that's all embedded in within us. We're we're all made of stars. We're all made of stardust. It's like matter forged in the heart of a distant star. That's that's exactly what we're made out of. Right, so we have all that inside of us. And yeah, I think I went through a near death experience when I was born, and that gave me a certain hypersensitivity because when I was a child, I was experiencing all types of of things like like. Uh, my mom was one of those types of moms. See, my family's old school. You know, uh, people that come from Italy, they're pretty hardcore, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was 930 and it was time to go to sleep, lights went out and you got to get in bed and that's it. Yeah. Right? You know, so, like, as a kid, I would be like, you know, it's sort of like you're spiritually charged up. Like, I was a, a very, like, kid that would be playing and making things with his toys and making all this, like, inner dialogue going on and things like that. And I'd be, like, charged up, running around, hyper hyperactive my mom be like it's 9 30 go to bed right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't stay up to watch fraggle rock or whatever right? <laughs> right right so right so i i would be in my room and the lights would be out and literally tim faces would come out of the dark sometimes Ooh. um really not 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 a real dialogue but sometimes my name would be whispered or things would be heard or auditory auditory stuff would be going on and it would be a very frightening friggin' experience for a young child. And you don't know whether you want to tell somebody because you're going to be crazy or it's a very confusing thing as a child. And, uh, and let me ask you, uh, did you have the freedom to tell your, your mom or, or your parents that this stuff was going on? My mom. Yes. Cause my mom was into like different kind of things. My mom was one of those persons that like watched ghost movies and and things okay. and things. My okay. mom, I could tell, but at the same time, she did not want me to talk about it when it came to my own experiences. Ah, uh, all right. So there was a limit. Yeah. Okay. Like when it came to me, she was like, "Oh, there, there's something going on. Like we got to take you to the, the priest, or we got to do this, or do that." You know, like she would think that there's a reason behind it, but. Uh, I just think I was more sensitive to certain things around us that certain people don't realize it around them in everyday life. But I just happen to be tapping into things, especially when I'm charged up. Okay. When I would get, you know, charged up and like, you know, you're really hyperactive and now you got to go lay down and try to pretend you're going to fall asleep in the dark. It'd be like a really and you're spiritually charged up and you're opening up some forces around you and certain things that weren't visible before might become visible and might become auditory to you and, and things like that. It's different vibrations. So I was experiencing things like that already as a young age. I know I had an imaginary friend and I talked to um I int- I talked to her in 2015 on my show when I was on the Power X radio network. Uh, Amy Allen from Dead Files, yes. I think is yeah. the show. Amy so Allen. I talked to her. Me and her had a very similar experience. Really? So yes uh yeah she's not a, a friend of mine or anything but we talked several times off air off air on the phone and, and one time on on radio and uh when i was a kid i had a uh uh imaginary friends i guess you could say mm-hmm. i i was i would play with my gi joes and things like that and i would be uh playing with friends right and then at one point in time 
they had enticed me to go behind the TV and to bite the wires. <gasps> and I and I went to my mom and I was like, you know, they want me to go play with them forever. And they told me to bite the wires behind the TV. Like I was going to bite the wires. I was like five, five or six years old. And my mom was like, no, get it. she went nuts. No. Nuts. She threw my toys. She wrecked my room. She told me never to bring it up again. And she went nuts. Like I was hysterical crying because she wrecked everything. She was really upset with me. And I didn't understand what I actually did wrong because I was afraid. And I was, I, you know, even at five or six years old, I had the sense to know that there was something really bad about that situation. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I would never see them anything head on. It would be kind of like I was talking to someone off to the side all the time. And at this point in time, when right before it happened, I literally saw like uh, a figure in, so in front of me. It was not anything that had detail, but it was some sort of like electrical current. It felt like like a pulse really? that was attached to the uh, electricity, like was drawing me behind the TV, luring me. And I don't remember anything actually telling me bite the wires, but it like I had this overcoming urge to 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 pick them up. And I caught myself like, what the hell am I doing? Like and I ran to my mom like crying, like gripping her legs, and she flipped out. She literally wrecked my room, dude. It was Saturday morning. She wrecked my room. Wow. I remember I couldn't like play a whole day. I was like cleaning everything up, crying and like <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, it was intense. Gosh. But yeah, but and then at nine years old. See, I was a very uh, talented kid, not only playing music and different things like that. Like with most people, some people don't have a lot of talents, I guess. The one thing I do, I have, trust me, I have my faults, but one thing I is I'm very creative yeah. and I'm, I'm good at sports and mm -hmm. things like that. There's certain things I have I'm horrible at, but um, I'm good with music and I'm good with sports. I'm very athletic. So as a kid, I was uh, involved with pretty high level soccer. Like I played not, not just the rec league on Sunday mornings. I played on a travel team that we traveled around. We played all year round. It was expensive to be on the team. They had to select you to be on the team. You had to try out. I was like the 1978 North Rockland sting that we were called. It was a travel team. We traveled all along New York state. Very cool. And um, we played high level soccer for that at that age, even in the, uh, uh, in the winter, we played indoor soccer where you're passing it off the wall to yourself and all mm -hmm. this stuff, right? Yeah, it was pretty crazy, right? And so uh, we were playing this team called Thistle, which were a lot of Irish immigrants, Tim, okay. which were kids that were used to being out, gr hard, gritty, yep. elbowing, tough kids that would be out in the middle of the snow kicking a soccer ball in their shorts. Yep. Tough kids. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Tough Irish kids. And I never – and I was the toughest, gritty – short little you know taking people down with slide tag i was the toughest one on my team basically okay. my my coach i was the sweeper mm -hmm. you know the last one before the goalie mm -hmm. and i was my coach would make me stick to the center forwards on the other team you know and 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 give them hell and yeah we played this team that had a lot of irish immigrants and they were kicking our butt and it was real grimy it was just at the beginning late august early september just when school was starting and it was like a cold afternoon late evening early evening the ball was wet it was cold out and this team was really grimy and they were making me stick to the center forward and literally he was about to kick a goal and i stepped right in front of him and he was kicking the hardest thing he ever kicked in his life and i stepped right in front of him his the ball and his foot broke my my cup my cup protector between my legs <gasps> and you know hit me in the testicles and so I was out like for 20 minutes on the ground. They finally called the ambulance, but it was taking too long. So my dad throws me in the car and 
what had happened and what was happening was a black tissue was forming in my left testicle Oh and it was God. cutting off the oxygen and the blood flow and it was rupturing and things like that were going on. Oh. But so it was taking too long with the ambulance. My parents throw me in the car and I'm talking to my dad, like trying to talk him out and bring me to the hospital like that. I'll be fine. I just got kicked in the balls. I don't want to take my pants down. Right. I'll be fine. Bring me home. I'll, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, dad, you want to get hit. I was, I remember even telling him like that, you know, when you get hit in the nuts, you're, you're fine. 15 minutes later, you know, I was telling him like, I don't want to go to the hospital. So I end up falling asleep. Oh my God. Right. So yeah. I fall asleep. I fell asleep. They brought me home. I fall asleep at home. That was Sunday. The next morning was Monday morning was the big like school had just started. It was the beginning of the first week of school. Yeah. And Tim, I don't remember anything about going to school that day. I know I got off the bus. They said I was walking to class, but apparently I was walking to class and I blacked out and they had to do an emergency operation on me to save my life. Wow. And uh, they had to cut my testicle open and pull uh, the black tissue out and things like that. And what the weird thing is, too, is there happened to be at, at the, the hospital here, uh, the Good Samaritan. I was either at Good Samaritan or Nyack. I forget now. But it's in here in Rockland County. It happened to be this guy, Dr. Barr, B-A-R-R. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Dr. Barr. If you if you ever hear this, he's out there. He's still alive now. He was in his late 30s at the time. He was already a very well-known master surgeon, mm -hmm. like a specialist. Mm -hmm. And he happened to be at the hospital that day doing another surgery. And, and then I come in the ER and they called him like, yo, we need you. And this other, other yeah. thing. And he actually was the one that gave me surgery. He actually was really cool to him. Cause after the surgery, like two days later, he came by to see me and they were like, they, he doesn't really do that. You know, and he came by and talked to me a couple of days later and was like, cool. He put, he brought me a gift and stuff. I was playing Nintendo in the, in the room, wow. but like, so I don't remember going to school or anything like that. So what had happened was, is they had to do an emergency operation. And I remember Tim literally about a minute before I woke up on the operating table, I had like what people would call a near death experience that changed my life for like 30 years. This is the most vivid experience that has ever stuck with me and has remained a constant thing that made me research all the ancient writings, the religions, everything. It's made me pour over this for my wife will tell you, my daughter will tell you, like, I don't even go into the bathroom without a pile of books with me to shower while the while the shower's warming up. I'm reading things and writing notes down like I've been doing this for decades, wow. decades, right? Because of this one experience and what it, it, it brought out of me and, and where it led me in life. So I remember a few minutes before I woke up on the operating table, I remember hovering over my body, mm -hmm. over my body, looking at them working on me, barely recognizing myself. You know, seeing the nerve, and I was, you know, my, they, my, they were, my legs were out, my arms were out like this, and they were working on me. I made like this, I was hovering over my body, like in spirit form, or however you want to look at it, astral, right? And I'm looking down at them. And I made this conscious choice. I remember, I don't know if I said anything or how it was, but it was more like a telepathic thought that I was like, I don't want to go back to that. Like, that looks real bad. Like, I don't want to go back. Like, I want, like, that looks bad. I, I'm like, I don't want to go. Like, mm -hmm. I made a conscious decision not to go back to that pain. Right. And the minute I made, made that choice, I remember a warmth, like a light. But it was more like a warmth that surrounded me, like on the north, south, east, west, all sides it came from, all sides. And then I immediately went as fast as you can imagine, like somebody catapulted you straight up, like just um, like as fast as you can imagine, like you're flying, like, like, like Superman, like you literally are flying, 
Like it, it's, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. Boom. Yeah. and I was outside looking down above, above outside of earth, looking above earth in front of a, sh- you know, when you see like on a hot summer day, you see like that shimmering wave in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was this shimmering wave in front of me like that, like a, like a, like water or something like in the air. A little and condensation. I yeah. Was brought inside of this, but it was more like a tube of water kind of like a like like a way but like a a, like a whirling tube of water Hmm. right Mm -hmm. and i was inside of this and it was like information was inside of there about me like it was like every fiber every cell every molecule of my existence was not just being weighed and judged and analyzed but discussed by a council of something it just was like the data that had to do with my life and everything about me and ev- was being was like in some sort of fluid state inside of this shimmering water in above earth. And mm. I had to, the only way I've been describing this from all the years is that it was like imagining you're inside a carpenter's level and you have to level yourself out like you're the bubble in the carpenter's level. Okay. So into intuitively somehow i knew i had to level myself out in this water and i was leveling like i was in crucifix pose with my arms out and my legs down like that and i was leveling myself out until i leveled myself out in it and then i woke up on the operating table in that same position like that and freaking out finally when i leveled myself out in that like shimmering water even though i was never wet it was never actual water and it took me 30 years to realize that i was probably inside the plasma magnetosphere the magnetosphere around earth which is probably what the ancient egyptians called the duat and things like that mm-hmm. but you know it's like an afterlife realm where all your particles are being analyzed and judged right and and i think i was inside this structure where everything was just being in a fluid state and i i, I was describing it different ways for years i think i actually was in some sort of region of the magnetosphere that's around our planet, which is like a, a, a dynamic landscape of plasma, right? And I think I was inside one of a, a tube like that. And it and and I've been going through the ancient writings for many many years, and I find them actually describing things that I experienced within the ancient writings, within the Book of Two Ways, the Book of Caverns, the Book of Dead, uh, all these ancient writings from from ancient Egypt and in various other places. Even when they talk about excuse me, Varuna from ancient India, uh, how he's the god of the solar ocean and all the realms that's going on. I mean, it's 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 all in there. I, it took me 30 years to find some of it, but, you know, I've been going through it. So I literally woke up on the operating table after that experience, like in that same position. And I remember even like fighting with the nurses, like, did you guys just take me out of like a tube of water? Like, where was I just now? They're like, oh, no, you were like being operated on, you know, yeah. like... You know, like you were you were hallucinating or dreaming or whatever. And I was upset for a while, but that that experience completely changed who I was as well. Like everything was different. The way I experienced music, heard music, the way I understood different things. I just was a different person. The way I talked to girls and uh, people and how I approached things, everything was different. I was just, a, it, it just changed me. It, it, it upgraded me in some way. I became a different person, but it also made me weir- more sensitive to things as well. I bet. And a good and a bad way, like yeah, dentist things, uh, fabrics, things like that. Just some things just are too sensitive for me to even experience. 
Okay. So here's the question I have right off the bat here, Rob. Yeah. And it's this. Um, you describe the experience uh, like being in water, then there's a council there judging you. Um, and the first yeah. thing that hits me, and this is just instinct, and that's all it is, but the minute you start ex- explaining this, the first thing that hits me is you were too young at that point to have been initiated into dogma. So when we like when we pass, yeah, we're wow. we're we're we've been hit over the head with dogma. Okay, um, so and and I don't I I'm not going to cast aspersions as to as to what uh, if if. I take it, you know, your, your mother's an Italian mother and is probably a good Catholic, yes or no. Um, but, uh, and she probably tried to take you to church as much as she could. I don't she, know if... She, she passed now, but yes, yes, you're right. Yes. yes. So she probably, as a, as a good Catholic mother, wanted you to go to the light and see Jesus. But at that point, you may or may not have bought in. And if you hadn't bought in, you weren't going to go that route. If you're still at that point wondering about the mysteries of the universe you hadn't been initiated yet into dogma so where you were going to go was going to be open to interpretation so you literally saw oz behind the curtain you saw the raw interpretation of what's in the afterlife that's interesting yeah because it's interesting because you know in in the catholics you know they say about the light in, in 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 tibetan the light is not necessarily a good thing um, in Tibetan, in the Tibetan Book of the Den, they have the Bardo realms where the lights are actually these warm, beautiful lights that are, are alluring. Because say if you like were a glutton in life, you'll see these beautiful, alluring yellow lights and they'll lure you to the realm of the hungry ghosts where you're forever be, uh, you know, hungry for things since you were such a glutton. And you, you have to go through these cycles of learning and things like that. So. In, in in Tibetan, yeah, those lights are not necessarily a good thing. They they lure you to realms of of like if you if you were always looking down on people, you'll be lured to the realm of the giants, you know. <laughs> and there's something interesting, you know. Uh, uh, not too long ago, I had um, Adam Barry on the program. We we're talking, and he's of a belief that we all go to an afterlife that we believe we're going to. In other words. If, if you're of a mind that you're going to the traditional afterlife where you see the bright light and the relatives are there and you go through the tunnel and all that other stuff and you go to the traditional heaven with the streets of gold that are paved and, and the pearly gates and all that stuff, that's where you're going. But like you pointed out, if, if you go to a Tibet, Tibetan afterlife or if you're going to another afterlife or you're going to a quantum afterlife or whatever afterlife you believe in that you're going to, or if you believe you've sinned so badly that you're going to, uh, that you're going to hell, let's put it that way, then that's where you're going. Um, but I truly, I mean, it just that's just what hit me out of the blue there is just at that point, you're so young that you see behind the curtain you saw oz yeah that, that's an interesting that's a good that's a, i think that's a good a good perspective and, and a good point that you pointed out is yeah i was too young to be to be uh you know t- have the tunnel vision of of the dogmatic programming that you get from religions and and your upbringings yeah it's it's true um it did lead me 
to being troubled for many years as well. Because I think if I was an older man, that experience would have probably made me change my life and 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 change everything. It did make me change my life, but it also made me think I was going crazy at a certain periods of time because it I opened bet. me up to even more things, you know. And the more I wanted to explain things that I was seeing and feeling, the more people told me I was hallucinating and that it was just uh, I was under anesthesia and things like that. Because I did try to share the experience numerous times, even with my music teacher in school, in middle school, you know, and, uh, you know, and I knew that it was, there was no, that was not something that I was dreaming, that it was, it was like some sort of experience, even though I might've been under anesthesia. Yes. At the time. And I was being operated on. I feel like that there was a time where I slipped in between worlds, you know, but anesthesia wasn't the answer, my friend. You know, yeah. any it any, wasn't, but it wasn't what called. Well, because I had I had shared that as a kid, and they they were said it was the effects of being under. No, I, you know, I know, and, and yeah. that's that that was the training at the time, and that's what they would yeah. tell you. But yeah. but any any medical doctor or surgeon now would tell you, no, you you did have an NDE, and what you saw there was again what and anybody who who has any training would 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 tell you that at that particular point, what you saw was not bad. You, you yeah, know, I you, mean, it, it, yeah, you, you're right. I, I, I agree with you. And at the time, I was just a little, uh, you know, different things that I were experiencing. I was a little embarrassed. I didn't want to tell people at school and, and stuff as well. Oh, sure. There's actually a book, uh, Black Elk Speaks, mm-hmm. where there was a, you know, ever hear of Black Elk? He was a native uh, shaman. Yeah, uh, I think he was with the Sioux. Sioux, I forget if he was with the Sioux. There's a book Black Elk speaks that he had a near death experience when he was uh, at nine years old as well, mm-hmm. where he was uh, really sick, and it's a famous like near death experience that people talk about. And it's very interesting things that he was experiencing going through the clouds and things can c- come down from the clouds. So he, there, there's a lot of similarities even with that that experience that I read that I had because I didn't know about his experience. Me being nine years old, I didn't read that till I was in my teens. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities I've seen with other people. It's a way of describing. And I think the way Black Elk described it was through his upbringing and Mm -hmm. through his culture Mm -hmm. and what his, you know, tribe has shown him. And that's the way he explained his near death experience. But there was some sort of analyzing and what you know, what can be judged with a nine year old as well? Not too many things, but it was a deeper thing than what we know as judging. It was like the very cells and molecules and layers of my existence were being analyzed analyzed yeah analyzed yeah i have no words for it i i I don't i can't tell you what it was because i've never been there yeah i i just i can't yeah i do think i was in the rivers of of life and death and that's what we i think ultimately souls when they leave the earth Mm -hmm. harmonics octaves they travel through solar octaves and stellar octaves and they go through, you know, a whole a whole level of different traveling through through the through through harmonics. It's through light. It's through plasma. It's all through rivers of plasma. And that's exactly what's explained in all the mythologies that we talk about, even the mythologies where you have to pay like the reaper to cross the river mm-hmm. and all this. They're they're telling you right here. You know, it's, it's already written in front of us is just that people don't have that lens to look at it through that way. It's very interesting. Very interesting. We have uh, just a few minutes left here on the program. I do want to cover a couple of things here uh, quickly. Um, yeah. 
the mystical spiral store. I want to I want to cover quickly how you got into the healing products and the crystals. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of you... people start to roll their eyes when they hear about it. But well, well, when you wrap copper coils mm-hmm. around crystals, it en- enhances the property of the crystals. And Chris, crystals like tourmaline, quartz, even Rochelle salt, they they can carry electrical currents and generate plasma, cold plasma, electricity, light. Information can be stored received and amplified with crystals and gemstones and when you wrap copper around coils it enhances those properties now when you twist copper like when you see this this harmonizer this is oh yeah twisted twisted copper right okay when you imagine a normal piece of copper tim has a a positive and negative pole positive and negative right yep when you twist the copper clockwise like you see it's here it's twisted clockwise Mm -hmm. right imagine twisting a sponge and wringing out all the negative water in it right so all the negative electrons and negative charge that's in the copper when you're twisting it you're wringing that out and leaving just a positive charge within the copper mm-hmm. and then you're making it into a, a circle or mm-hmm. a coil okay which leaves a, a continuous current yep. of torus energy and when it's made out of a coil like the coil in the middle of this, yeah, it literally is like a vacuum to suck the negative energy and negative currents, even negative pain, into the bottom of the coil and out through the po- top is positive. So it's a constant loop of sucking in the negative and putting out the positive. And that's and it, it's it's real science. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing. So some some people look at crystals and they look at it like a lump of minerals that's pretty. They want to put it in there, but if you learn how to work with crystals and use them. You know, it's actually uh, there's you can use them to for harmonic frequencies, like for 432 hertz and and to store frequencies in them and, and for healing purposes, for clearing negative energies. I use copper to shield me from EMF okay. with shungite. One of the main things that I, I, I make is is copper and shungite pendants where I'm wrapping copper coils around elite noble shungite, which is uh, up to 98 percent carbon 60. Okay. C60, right? Okay. So this is um, EMF protection, shields you from negative radiation and things like that. So wrapping copper coils around shungite is very beneficial when you're around Wi-Fi, when you're around all these currents. So even if you have like a shungite pyramid next to your, next to your, uh, or, or just shungite in general, I'll send you, you know what? Give me a, either your PO box or address. I'll yeah. send you some stuff. Yeah. And you let good. me know how you feel afterwards. I will. You I'll know? definitely do that. Yeah. I'll send you yeah. a gift package and, and you tell me how you feel. I appreciate you know? that. I'll and, do that. And so it, it's uh, the mystical spiral store.com. I send gifts with every every order as well. And it's yet, yeah, I use this to protect me from certain frequencies and to help me connect to copper, helps you connect to the higher, higher frequencies and higher information as well. They've been using copper for thousands of years. They use copper, gold, silver, even on spacecrafts to shield them from things with gold. So twisting gold, twisting copper, twisting silver has amazing properties, amazing properties. And there's a reason why they even use copper twisted. It's twisted copper that really is to help. A lot of people use those copper bracelets and copper socks, but you're not really getting the effects in those copper ones that you would get from using twisted copper, twisted clockwise, using the royal cubit measurement that we use. Okay. Now, royal cubit measurement is an ancient measurement that you use in ancient Egypt, a little over 20 inches, mm-hmm. right? And it's uh, it's when you cut it from the royal cubit measurement, that's at a harmonic resonant feature of 144 megahertz, which is harmonic light speed. Okay. So it's 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 
beneficial frequencies for our mind, body, and soul, right? There's really nothing metaphysical or mystical. Even though I say the mystical spiral, yeah. there's really nothing mystical about it. When we say mystical or magic, it's just technology we don't understand. It's secrets of nature and the universe that people aren't properly understanding. And Slim Sperling in the 90s helped, uh, you know, uh, some of the tensor tools that that I did designed are were inspired by Slim Sperling, who came out. Even we got face masks. Oh, I see. You know, yeah. that th yeah. these will actually shield you uh, and help pull mucus out of your lungs even. Really? That, that you get from eating sugar or yeah. smoking. Okay. Things like that. Yeah. I mean, copper, twisted copper is very beneficial. And we have harmonizers. Even the double-wrapped harmonizers are really incredible. Check this one out. This is uh, this is double wrapped with the royal cubit. Oh yeah, okay, interesting. And this is made in the same Taurus system as a supernova explosion would 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 see. This is the way gamma ray bursts of light happen. This okay. this this donut Taurus shape. Everything yeah. is through Taurus, you know, Taurus fields. To, to kind of describe to people what it, what it looks like, at least to me, what it looks like. If you remember the old L.A. Kings logo uh, for, for hockey, do you remember the crown, what the crown looked like? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It does uh, sort of look like that. It's basically yeah. a Taurus. Yeah, you know, a, a Taurus. And it has a coil yeah. going down the middle. Yep, yeah. and it has a, has a crown. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, with just a few minutes left here, Ra, um, uh, and again, folks, the, mystical, the mysticalspiralstore.com, we have a link in the description of this program. Uh, I want to, um, boy, I'm, I'm torn here. I, I do want to talk a, a little bit about, uh, um, I don't know if we have time to launch into it, but a little bit about remote viewing with you. I, we've, we've covered remote viewing in the past. How is it different with you than it is, say, other remote viewers? I wouldn't technically call it remote viewing. It, it seems to be a, la a label that we, we use. I have tried to, I have used it sometimes to look at specific uh coordinates or specific locations or specific things but basically i have like this built-in thing that happens okay when i'm really into something mm -hmm. whether it's i'm reading or being creative writing a song drawing whatever it is uh, if i'm really into it time just seems to disappear okay you know i three hours could just pass and i'm like holy shit it's morning mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so like time just disappears and i get into it at certain times, and this is when I'll get vivid either symbols, faces, scenes, some kind of knowing comes over me. And it'll be, I could be reading something about Edgar Casey or reading something about something, or and, and it just comes over me. And hmm. it's like an imprint where I have to doodle it or I have to get it out or I have to get it out creatively okay. somehow. Okay. And it, it comes over me. So I call that a sort of viewing. I get I get some kind of viewing about things. I I, I wouldn't call that remote viewing, but that's kind of like what people call things nowadays. So it's kind of yeah. like yeah. using it. But I, I, you know, I, I had met Ingo Swan. He was a, a Bowery artist here. Okay. And uh, remember, I told you where I had a, a certain member, a family member that's in the arts and and, yes. and, and yep. acting. Yep. Well, when when before he was making it famous. He was doing like local New York City art scenes and, and things like that. So mm -hmm. I was going to like art shows with my family at certain times and sometimes plays and things like that. And there was an art show I went to that my my cousin, my cousin's friend was showing his art at. And Ingo Swan was showing his art there in the 80s. It was on the in the Bowery. And he's a well-known remote viewer had passed away already. 
And um, you know, he 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 remote viewed for the government for the Stargate program, and he also was remote viewing for NASA and and things like that for uh the Stanford Institute and and different things back in the sixties and seventies. He had some in, in, incredible results, and uh, I believe his remote viewing also came from his creativity and his art as well. Wow. I think this is where we tap in to cosmic knowledge. Okay. Universal data. Yeah. That's that's all around us. I think when we explore, when we're able to explore your career, I actually think he was suppressing other things that made things also come up in him as well, but that's huh. for not for me to talk about here. Okay. Yeah. But uh I think when people explore their creativity and they explore their their true selves through their creativity, like you let your feelings and emotions pour out through your creativity, whether it's whatever it could be cutting the lawn. You could do, you know, you could be trimming the hedges and make it. If you let yourself pour out your creativity, whatever you do, pay close attention to what comes out. Because you may think, even if you're writing a song or a poem, say you think you're writing about your girlfriend or whatever the hell you're going through at the moment, later on you may realize that real cosmic knowledge came in during that. Yeah. And what you're writing and what you're drawing or what you're experiencing is way deeper than what you think. True. Very true. Very true. Uh, and lastly, uh, the show on the Truth Frequency Radio Network is Saturday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, yeah. it, it's been going for a while now and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, 2017 I've been on since TFR. And then yep. before that I was on, uh, the power X radio network for a couple of years, yep. but yeah, I, I basically do the show solo every Saturday night, unless I have a guest, I have a guest once in a while. I would say about, I have about 10 guests a year. Um, usually I have Gary Wayne on a few times a year, professor Chandra Wick Robinson, who's an astronomer, uh, my buddy, Glenn Kreisberg, who is into megaliths and Maria Wheatley. I have a few people that... I stopped interviewing because I don't get paid to do it. I do it just for a passion. The radio sure. show I do, I do it for free. Mm -hmm. So um, I stopped just interviewing just people I don't know all the time. And I, I interview colleagues and friends that I can actually like go back and forth with. Like we're playing tennis with yeah. Tim Dennis. There you go. Hey, you're a poet, man. Well, you're 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 a musician yeah. as well. So yeah, but, but you know, uh, like you you could do it very well. I mean, you you could do it pretty much with anybody because you don't know me very well. You know what I mean, we've I think we talked a couple of times through messages before you interviewed me. Yep. Before I said, hey, I'm ready for you know, you, I'm I'm the guest you need. But um, yeah, you you're very well at uh being able to interview well, all different you. genres. You could see because yeah. you you're, yeah. you're not. You're not used to interviewing somebody talking about plasma physics. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's a, it's a new field for me. Uh, yeah. But the the key is uh, to listen and to be uh, and to to have an interest in people. That's that's the key and and wanting to get to know people. So yeah. it's it's uh and and wanting to tell their stories. So and and I wanted to tell your story today, Ra. That was the deal. Thank you. You know. Appreciate at, it. Uh, that's, well, that's caught a little key. glimpse. Yeah, there's so much yeah. more. I mean, I could. There talk. is. There's. There's. I mean, maybe we could do another show in the future. Absolutely, and that's the that's the thing. A, a story is not just one chapter, and we we got through one chapter today in your story. And and I encourage people to check out uh, your show as well on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. We'll have a link in the description of this program so people can check out more of you because you're a fascinating guy, Rob. I'll tell you that. Thank you, buddy. 
Yeah. I appreciate it. You as well, man. You're the OG on the radio, man, in the game now. And I, well, I and now you're on TV as well, man. Woo. Well, I, well, I, I did a season of uh, of uh, Paranormal Night Shift. So nice. Yeah. You got to see me flap my gums on TV. It's it's it is what it is. So that's it's, just uh, yeah. it's an accomplishment, man. Not many people should go on TV yeah. and things like that. So. Yeah, maybe someday I'll do it again. But you never know. It's just one of those things. Well, you should be proud of yourself, buddy. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Because it's a grind, you know. It takes. It it could take twenty years before people start recognizing you and understand and and remember and knowing who you are. True. Very true. Very true. My my deal and my passion is to get uh, people's stories out there and and tell these stories and and just being able to connect with other human beings and getting to know them. That's that's what. My deal is, and to be able to entertain people and every once in a while make them laugh. If I can do that and people enjoy the work I do, that makes me happy. You're like the version of the lady on Fear the Walking Dead who just wants to get everybody's story with the camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that show, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of it. Yeah, I I love getting people's stories. So it's it's to me, that's a that's a, a passion. If I can. If I can get people's stories and 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 at the same time entertain and and uh, you know every once in a while I get a little laugh out of somebody I'm good. So I felt it. I knew you liked that show for some reason. I felt. Oh yeah, it. I yeah. knew it. Yeah, I do like that show a lot. Well, th- I really want to thank you for inviting me on your show and agreeing to have me on. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Well, really- thank you. Thank you for hitting me up. But uh, it was a uh, it was a pleasant surprise. I'll, I'll put it that way. So, Rockastaldo, again, folks, uh, lots of uh, links in the description of the show. I've actually got some pictures too that Rob provided. Uh, you can check those out at our website, d- darknessradioshow.com in the blog. Uh, I'll post those pictures there so you can check out some of those pictures. Rod, do you want to tell people real quick what those pictures are of? Yeah, we have uh, pictures of what we were talking about, the coronal mass ejections of the plasma coming from the sun and how they are what I believe to be the Ankh of ancient Egypt and the Pasha of Hindu that I really didn't get to speak of today. I talk about that in the pictures. Uh, There's pictures of the megalithic red granite dolmen that I have over here in North Salem, New York. It's very ancient. Um, There's pictures of that. There's pictures of my crystal skulls that I bring to that spot. And some of the various Vedic and Hindu deities that are holding the coronal mass ejection loop in their hand. Various deities showing the coronal loop that you could see in the pictures that I provided from NASA Goddard of what a coronal mass ejection flare looks like. And literally they're described in the Vedas as the Varuna Pasha. And Varuna is the god of the solar ocean who wields his golden noose that lassoes souls into the celestial waters. What a beautiful way of describing a coronal mass ejection as a golden noose coming from the sun who lassoes souls into the celestial waters. And that is what the Varuna Pasha is called in ancient Egypt. And that is what the Ankh is, I mean, in ancient Hindu. And that is what the Ankh is in ancient Egypt. One of the pictures you can see from the 18th dynasty, the later 18th dynasty, people have heard of Akhenaten, uh, Amenhotep IV. You can see the solar disk, one of the arms of the solar disk handing down a coronal mass ejection loop to its solar deity. Now, the coronal mass ejection loop comes directly from sunspots like they show on that solar disk. And it's handing one of the arms of it's literally handing down the coronal loop. Really incredible most advanced plasma physics right there in the ancient writings. There you go. Right in front of us. There you go. All right. Rock Costolo, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, brother. Thank Thanks you. Care. Take care, Tim. You as well.
I want to thank Ra Castaldo for being on the program today. Again, the links to the radio show, to, to the shop, to get the uh, Twisted Copper infused crystals, to all things raw, are available right now inside the description of this program. Also, go to, there's also a link there to go to darknessradioshow.com to the blog to check out some of the pictures that uh, Ra was talking about at the end of the program. I know it feels like we might have drank from the fire hose a little bit today, kind of getting hit with that information. I encourage you to check out his radio show so that you can kind of, especially if you're interested in where he was going with some of this information, to look into it more, look further into it. It's one of those things where with this program, you kind of get, you, you get a blush of what we're talking about. If you want to go deeper into that rabbit hole, you can. We've introduced you to the guest, and now it's up to you if you want to go further, which is kind of nice about this program. We introduce you to people and their stories, and you can go further with it if you choose, which is what I love to do. I love to give you that introduction, and you you choose to go further if you want. Ra's an interesting guy. I'll give him that. Uh, when he first introduced himself to me at... Like I said, it was over Messenger, and you just said, I'm the guest you're looking for. And I thought, "Uh uh-huh, that's either a lot of ego, or it's an instant connection that I didn't think the universe was going to make. You kind of have to take life the way it comes sometimes, and say, okay, you know what, I'm willing to take a chance. Let's see. It was either going to be a wonderful happenstance, or it was going to be a disaster waiting to happen. I'm glad today was a wonderful happenstance. That's uh, that was nice. It was a nice surprise for uh, for my day, and I appreciate that. It's a wonderful Thursday, so I uh, I don't regret taking the chance, not at all. In fact, I think it was a good good experience. So thank you to Ra for being my my guest today, folks. I'm looking forward to what's in store for the rest of the year. Here we've got some exciting plans for the rest of the year. And again, if you have a guest that you want to hear. Just uh, send it along, Tim at darknessradio.com, and I'll be glad to uh, get your guest in here. You know, one of the people I'm looking forward to try and wrangling onto the show is a, a man who's coming to Minneapolis here. He's on tour right now, and that is uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I know that's kind of a big get, but sometimes when you throw things out into the ether, uh, they come back to you like a boomerang, so... I'll throw it out there. And uh, I have some friends who are actually promoting the event, so let's see. We'll see what happens. You never know. Uh, it'd be nice to get him on the program and talk about uh, all the developments that are happening right now with um, AI, with aliens, with the uh, the big telescope out there in the universe, and, and get his perspective on things. Uh, his show isn't until May, but tickets are on sale right now, so... Why not? Why not? And if you're in the, in the Minneapolis area, uh, it is the State Theater that Neil deGrasse Tyson is uh, performing at. And May 10th is the date. So I encourage you to go get tickets to go see uh, Dr. Tyson. Uh, why not? I mean, you know, there's, there's certain people you just have to go sit through and, and you have to go get their perspective on things because they're so learned and... The things they've seen and 
their opinion on the things they've seen are so fascinating. That's just one of those one of those people that you just absolutely have to, if you have the opportunity, you have to sit and talk to or have to sit and even ask a question if, uh, if you're allowed to do so. So why not? Why not? Coming up on the weekend, folks, and uh, we're getting close to Halloween. It's right around the corner. Uh, again, if you're taking kids out for Halloween on Tuesday, be sure that you've got them in, uh, in the proper attire. If you're taking them out at night, make sure you've got those reflectors on them or that you've got something on them where they're able to be seen, especially if you're taking them out at dusk or at night. Uh, be sure you're checking those the candy too, folks. It, it, there's some disturbing reports out there about certain candy. I'll give you one that I, I learned from a friend of mine. There's a report on TikTok, and I'll just make this quick. I know TikTok isn't necessarily a news organization, but uh, there's a report that started on TikTok. It's now gone to social media. It's gone uh, beyond social media now. And it may not be the most responsible report, but people are finding worms in Reese's peanut butter cups. And it happens to be Reese's peanut butter cups that are being purchased at Walmart. Now, I'm not trying to bring down Walmart. I'm not trying to disparage Reese's by any means. I love the Hershey company and I've toured the factory. I love Hershey's. Uh, Hershey's and Reese's has responded to it. They claim it is a problem where the product is being stored and that proper instructions have been sent to those individual stores as to how to store this particular product. And that's where the problem lies, that when the product leaves the factory, it leaves in proper condition, that this is not a problem from the factory. I don't know. I'm just saying, check your candy, especially careful this holiday season. Not just for the regular trickster stuff that gets put into it, such as pins and razor blades and whatnot, but now you have a new concern. Just be careful. Be careful with the kids' candy. Don't, uh, don't do the parent tax thing and try to bite into it yourself. You never know what surprises you may find. So just be careful. I'm just saying. Another extra thing to add on to the already already the things that we're trying to be careful with in this in this society this weekend be a light in the darkness if you will go out and uh, do something for someone else this weekend if you can if you've got a little extra time i think i'm going to invite my mom up for the vikings game it's not doing anything nice it's just <laughs> adding stress to her life <laughs> But we'll sit in front of the TV, we'll have a little something to eat, we'll watch the Viking-Packer game, and we'll raise our blood pressure up together. I think that sounds nice. Hopefully the chippers will be around for a little bit longer, and she'll get to sit out with me on the porch and get to see them for a little bit as well. I hope that uh, you take advantage and, and are able to uh, put a little light into somebody's life this weekend, whether it be a neighbor, a friend, uh, someone in need who may need just your company or maybe need your assistance with something physical, maybe yard work. It may be organizing something in the house. It may be a complete stranger who might need your time as well. Maybe they need to hear your voice. Maybe they need a hug. Maybe uh, they just need some company. There's, there's, you know, people, it's, it's so important. People need people. 
in the society. And when we're alone and we hear voices, they aren't good voices. They're generally voices that want our downfall. So in as we race towards wintertime where we're all going to be shackled inside and not able to get outside, people need people. And we need to be there for each other. We need to remember that we're a social animal. So if you can, be there for each other. Be a light in the darkness. Start thinking about how you're going to be there for others and how you want others to be there for you. If you do that for us here at Darkness Radio, we would appreciate it. Speaking of Darkness Radio, this coming week, Bruiser's off because he's having a little bit of surgery. And so it's a a minor surgery. He'll be back the following week. Uh, So... In the meantime, I believe we have Mally Fox in next week. So we're looking forward to having Mally in next week, having an old friend by, and and uh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. We got a little bit of Halloween programming on Tuesday because it is Halloween. So we'll be looking at some Halloween murders and crimes. No guest for Tuesday. It'll just be Mally and I chopping it up, talking about Halloween crimes. We'll do some dumb crimes to stupid criminals as well. So that'll take place on Tuesday, Wednesday, of course, Supernatural News. And then Thursday, we're going to take a look at a woman who had an experience trying to save her brother with AI. I'll get into that a little bit more next week and tell you exactly what that is. It's a fascinating new book. You're not going to want to miss this program, folks. It's a little encouraging and a little intriguing and a little off-putting maybe i don't know we'll get into it with her and 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 we'll discuss the positivity of ai and maybe some setbacks she hasn't thought about so we'll do that next week right here on darkness radio i want to thank you so much for continuing to be a good listener of this program and continuing to support this program again We appreciate you so much on this program for listening to the program, for downloading the program, for taking your precious time and and supporting this program. Uh, Just one favor to ask of you, uh, if you could, please download the program and listen to it within two weeks of the release of the program. What it does is it allows us to get credit for the advertisers and advertising on the program and the download of the program. I think, uh, you know, we like to binge listen, binge watch our programs. And that's, that's, I like to do it as well. The only problem is, is, is we don't realize that the creator doesn't get proper credit for that program with who it is they need to get credit for. I know that may seem confusing, but that's kind of the way it goes. Um, so we're just asking that, that favor, if you can listen to the program within two weeks of downloading it, we'd greatly appreciate it. So there you go. So again, that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for being there for us. We, uh, we love being here for you and want to continue to be here for you for many, many years to come. So thank you so much for being there for us. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. And thank you for continuing to listen to the best in paranormal and true crime podcasting, this is Darkness Radio.